Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the, let me repeat, the Rock and Roll Podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my good buddy, Mark. Hey, Frank. And hello, listener. Ah, so soothing when you say it like that, my friend. So soothing. So we're syndicated via Redline Radio LLC out of Cleveland, Ohio. And you could also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's right. Uh, New episodes every Friday because Frank and I have, we have better things to do. This is what we choose to do. And of course, you can stream us at 11 a.m. over on Redline Radio LLC's Facebook page. Yes. Yeah. Brand new listeners out there. This is the podcast where Mark and I, we recommend albums to each other to review. Uh, plus, we have a wide variety of musical discussions like our Spotlight series where we dig into a band's catalog and we see what comes out on the other side. Yeah, in our uh, verse series, we'll pitch two uh, albums or bands against each other uh, and make them duke it out for complete and total stereo domination. Right. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, our new Facebook group. We like to drop additional content that will hopefully leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and, of course, Mark's random nonsense. All right, mm-hmm. folks. And if you got a record that you want us to review, drop us a comment wherever you find us. While you're at it, subscribe, review, give us a good rating, all that good stuff. So I'm going to say this, all those things. So yep. I'm going to say this now. Mark, how are you, my man? Frankie. I'm good, man. Just been thinking about uh, how dumb Superman is a lot lately. You know, maybe if uh, Jor-El hadn't built one rocket big enough for one baby, the elders of Krypton would have taken his doomsday predictions a little more seriously. Um, Also, you know how Clark should have destroyed the Earth in like a three-year-old temper tantrum and just accidentally cut the moon in half and like half of it crashed into the Earth while the other half went into space. You know, little stuff like that. Superman sucks. <laughs> should, should we ever talk about how much Marlon Brando received for that limited time that he was actually on <laughs> on camera? I know that in Superman 4, Richard Pryor got $5 million. Ooh. How much did Brando get? Man, that's a good question, actually. We should research that real quick. Oh, you knew. Oh, sorry. I know. Oh. It's like I say something, but... <laughs> Now, now we got to do it. I'm sorry. So, how much? Listen, how much did Marlo bring? You knew that. I, I, I happen to know how much. Yeah. So it, it was. It was. Uh, let's see. At that time, it was an unprecedented amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was paid three point seven million. Wow, Richard Pryor got more. Good job, Richard Pryor. But Richard Pryor had to do a lot more. It's a lot of physical comedy. He was skiing down the side of that uh, that office building, if I remember yes. correctly. Yes. Uh, that movie sucked. Um, and and just for the record, Brando yeah. had 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes on screen. So Yeah. yeah. And half of the time, his face was a, a crystal. <laughs> it was. Yes. It was. Oh, man. That's so awesome. That that seems like another episode, and I wish maybe we could go with that. Great score. Great score up and down. John Williams, man. Woo! Totally. So, you know, last episode we interviewed, which now I, I believe is to be our buddies from uh, High on Stress, and that was yeah. fun. And um, our main feature tonight is a recommended album that the singer Nick uh, recommended to us. But before we get into that, Mark, and before we get into our top 10, uh, mm-hmm. there's one thing we have to talk about. Sure. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you had a good time. Well, first of all, you had a good time interviewing High on Stress, right? Good dudes. They're good dudes. Uh, so, I'm trying thing? to put it off. What's this one thing you keep referring to? 
Man, so in my conversations with people, you know, the, this hipster thing keeps keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's one person, but the the you know the, the hipster thing keeps coming back. And, and I have a question for you. And it's mm-hmm. okay, I guess, if we are. But do you really think that we're hipsters, me and you, Frank and Mark? You know, for, I I might be, um, but probably not. And you, on the other hand, um, you don't even care what I think, and and I'm arguably your best friend. So I don't know. Uh, you that know. is true. You are you are you are my best friend for sure. Thank you, so, buddy. You're welcome. Validation. Dave feels good. I yeah. Feels good. So, <laughs> so let's look at the de- listen. The definition of a hipster is this: sure. so it's a person who follows the latest trends and fashions. Not us, by the way. Especially those regarded as being outside the cultural mainstream. Okay. So yeah, thank you. I, I I don't know if people have seen us by the way we dress, but it's not that of the latest fashions and trends. In fact, today I have cargo shorts on and my wife told me, Hey, listen, those things have been out for like 10 years. Had no idea. No yeah. idea that cargo shorts were out. Okay. I wear glasses. Guess what? Because my eyes suck. Okay. I've heard before. Uh, I, no, I have a beard. Sorry. I have a beard because the, the, the hair on my head is thinning every day as my mm. kids get older and moodier. So that, that's why that occurs, right? I lost 50 pounds a few years ago. So of course I'm going to wear smaller clothes, right? Who wouldn't? Yeah. You got to tighten up. <laughs> so I'm letting it out here. Yeah. Let it up, buddy. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want you poisoning yourself with, with this anger, you know, that you're keeping inside this resentment. Um, oh, and I'm pretty sure I found those 50 pounds if you want them back because <laughs> they're right here in my belly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and listen, as far as music goes, let, let's look mm-hmm. at Mount Rushmore as an example of the songwriters, right? Yeah. Uh, you stated Dylan, Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, Elvis Costello. Okay, so by definition of a, hister, of, of a hipster, excuse me, right. uh, I think it's safe to say that at least three out of those four are part of the cultural mainstream. And right. some of our favorite bands, Metallica, The Beatles, Rolling Stones, yep. Motorhead. Uh, we just may like those songwriters and bands more so than what the majority likes. And our yeah, favorite Motorhead tracks, rules. Right. Thank you. And our favorite tracks may not be the singles, but bands like Metallica and the Beatles, come on, man. Everyone knows their brand, right, Mark? Yeah. Frank, I know what you're trying to say with this, and I'd be more than happy to uh, step on this landmine, if you will. Um, <laughs> Please. Ketchup is for basic bitches. Superman, basic bitches. Pumpkin spice, garbage. Salad days loving motherfuckers who can't get past what a great time they had in college and or high school and lack the imagination to accept that there are more flavors outside of sweet and salty with everything from music to the TV shows you watch to the same rehashed comic books with 37 different Supermans because you won't buy a book if the retard on the cover doesn't have a big red S on his chest. And fuck off, Frog Thor. Fuck off. Band that sounds like the diet version of a better band. Stay in the garage or in the basement until your sound, excuse me, until you sound like yourself. I love a good cover. Frank will tell you I love a good cover. We all do. In the recording process, he's above me in case you're at home and wondering why I'm pointing up. (laughs) Not the point. But sound like yourself. Don't sound like a cover band. Don't sound like a cover album. Be yourself. It's okay. I mean, I just, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. Like, I, wow. I know that you really connected with Blink-182 because when, when, they wrote shitty childish songs uh, about being shitty and childish when you were shitty and childish. But are you the same shitty childish kid? I hope not. 
So maybe your taste in music can grow too. If that's the zenith of the art, uh, excuse me, if that's your zenith to this art form, uh, give me a gun. I'm just going to go ahead and eat it and, and never have to deal with your bottomless standards, other people's regurgitated opinions, uh, or your boring fucking lifestyle. I hope that sounded as cool as I wrote it. It was, it's a lot. Oof. Dude, that's a lot. And, and this is yeah. exactly why I opened some doors in our conversations because I know Mark. You scallywag. I stepped right into it. Stepped right into it, number one. And number two, he's going to put together something as beautiful as that. And that's why I love him. So there yeah. you go. There you Listen, go. It, seriously, though. You, I, right? For those of you who are tuned in for the first time, we're clearly making fun of uh, Frank's buddy, Brian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Brian knows that we know. We love him. Listen, he's busting your balls. You got to let him bust your balls a little bit. I know it's not a great sport about taking it. He's a better sport about giving it, but he'll be fine. He's a good dude. He sells shitty beer. It's not oh, his fault. Ew. It's not his fault. He just works for the company. He doesn't make it. Oh, take it personal, buddy. We love you. <laughs> Stop calling Frank a hipster. And neither one of you know what it means. It's fine. Yes. And for the record, he calls you a hipster, too. So anyway, so some, <laughs> I might be. I don't know. So some traits of what the opposite of hipster, hipster, hipster right. status of a hipster possesses. Uh, let, let, me, let me read these to you because I, I, I find a kinship with them. Are mm-hmm. uh, being a fuddy-duddy. Uh, yep. Let's see, a dinosaur. An cool. old geezer. Uh, uh Conservative. That's me. Uh, mm-hmm. Old fart. Uh, pretty much sums me up. So that that's that's it right there. That's all your proof that you need because that's me. If those who know me, I make no bones about it. it is who I it is who yeah. I am. Sorry. So anyway, that's that conversation. And Mark, I'm gonna totally just flip and do a 180 on you. Uh, sure, do, please. You like figs? You'll always be my fuddy daddy, Frank. Um, I wouldn't say I like figs. I also wouldn't say I dislike figs. And if I never had another one, I don't know that I would be missing anything. What about you? So I, I think the Fig Newton was my first cookie that I fell in love with. Uh, Your first cookie crush. Yes. And Fig Newtons huh. are, are a badass, by the way. But right. I mentioned that because the band we're reviewing tonight is called mm-hmm. The Big Dish. So I was thinking, Mark, if we had to do a top 10, <laughs> let's do a top 10 of bands with a food product in their name. Right, and we could say, "Hey, listen, do we like this food or do we not like this food?" And our few thoughts about the band. So, so what do you think? We're gonna do five each. How does that sound? That sounds good. Two things. Two things. One, Fig Newton, if you're listening, please like and comment below so that we can get in contact with you about uh, a possible product placement deal. Yes. Um, and second, you know, wow, you really took the long way around to get to that, didn't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the hipster stuff had to do with it, but, <laughs> but we fell into line there. Sure. Sure. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you kick us off, bud? All right. You want to alternate one and one, right? Yeah, let's live. All right, cool. So here, here's my top five, and Mark mm-hmm. has top five also, rounding to 10, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so my first one is going to be Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, mm. I used to love milk, and I'm a sure. big fan of chocolate or strawberry milk. But nowadays, mm-hmm. listen, it's I'm an old guy, so it's almond milk for me. Uh, yeah. As the band goes, I mean, Two-Headed Boy is actually one of my favorite songs of all time, and I really appreciate uh, them, but I'm torn between... Am I supposed to like them or do I just really like that one song? So that's up to debate. That could be a future episode. But mm-hmm. that was my uh, first one was Neutral Milk Hotel. What about you, my man? Yeah, I uh, agree with you on the almond milk. Uh, you know, getting old sucks, kids don't do it. It's a trap. Uh, but honestly, and, and, and I'm not just saying this, I've never heard of this fucking band before. 
All right. So that could be one we, we, we cover in a future episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know people talk about it, but no idea. Um, so my, uh, my number five is going to be the bomb pops. Um, I do love a good ice pop and the, the bomb pops, uh, do a great job of selling the kind of very, uh, West coast pop punk sound. It's, it's kind of classic. Um, I dig the girl singers. I don't always connect with the songs, but, um, I think they, they, they sound great. They're a fun band. And, and, you know, in the summertime, it wasn't like a nice, uh, pop. There you go. Thank you. I know that. I know that guy does right there. Yep. Right there. This guy. Cool. So my next one is uh, the band Blind Melon. I love Melon. I don't like Blind Melon at all. Uh, oh, Shannon not even the single? Yeah, yeah. Shannon Hoon never just did it for me as far as inspiration okay. goes. No Rain, I always found to be a silly song. Uh, on their follow-up album, I do remember a song called Galaxy that I actually moderately liked. Uh, other than that, yeah, they were, they were just around there for me and, and nothing pretty crazy. So that was my next one, Blind Melon. Your What's turn. um like... Uh, top two kinds of melon. Oh, so I'm gonna have to go with um, watermelon and then mm-hmm. and then honeydew. That, that's oh, good combo. What about good you? Combo. I, I like a nice cantaloupe, but I do like a nice uh, honeydew. Um, yeah, watermelon's nice too. Though I mean, I mean cantaloupe is good. So I mean, they're yeah. all they're all great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so for me, uh, number two. Oh, and as far as the band goes, um, yeah, whatever. Um, my number uh, number four pick, excuse me, is The Draft. Oh. Uh, so musically, I'm referring to the Hot Water Music side project. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the 20, uh, 2006 excuse me, album, In a Million Pieces. Really fantastic record. Great album. If you like Hot Water Music, check it out. Um, if you don't, if you just like a good rock and roll record, it's a great record. Great album. And of course, uh, I love me some good The Draft beer. <laughs> right up your alley man right up my alley yep yep i love the draft uh low z rose is a fantastic song yeah uh, that album's a good rock and roll record and uh good choice good choice thank you so my next is uh meat puppets i love meat all meat any sure. type of meat you just throw it at me uh, I'm, I'm on it uh another band that i appreciate in theory but i probably need to do more more listening obviously known for coming in and playing with nirvana on unplugged i've sure. heard their first few records are coined as cowpunk uh i i didn't know they actually dated all the way back to 1980 uh maybe in the future again we we dive into them more but uh you know, that. Love, yeah love me a good steak filet t-bone yeah. prime rib as long as i don't choke on it we're good. So you're mostly doing red meat here. Is that what you're looking at with these meat puppets? Red meat. I, I am. Yeah. For some okay. reason, I associate it with, with, with red meat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Frank did work in a grocery store for a while, so it's not surprising that he's specific about that. Um, you know, it's a, again another band I'm not all that familiar with. Um, I have gout, so I have to be careful with the red meat. So. Um, yeah. But I do. I do enjoy nice meat now and then too, as as you say. Um, and the, and the I've never made a puppet out of a meat, but I right. do. I like puppets and I like meat. So it's like taking two things you like and just putting them together. Yeah, whether they should be together or not. Yep. <laughs> so that's actually a great segue uh, for my number three choice. Uh, it's going to be the band Pears. Uh, that's P E A R S. Uh, you know they're heavy, melodic, blistering, pointed, and surprisingly catchy. The band's pretty great too. These dudes don't sound like anyone else, which which I love. Um, they're punk, but I'll leave it to you to try to subdivide them into a category further. Uh, plus, the fruit's nice. So uh, I once had one that came in like a gold foil, and let me tell you, yum. Classy. Classy, yeah. my man. Classy. Yep. Thank you. 
I mean, it wasn't like it, like it was like, hey, I've got some of these gold pairs. Do you want one? And I was like, when am I going to happen upon gold pair again? I didn't, I didn't get my own. <laughs> you know, somebody didn't send me a crate. I was offered one as a peasant. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, I like pairs, and, and I've grown more fondly of the band as well. Uh, the more I listen to them, the more they grow on you. So good choice. Good choice. Thank though. you. Uh, the fourth one uh, mm-hmm. is, is meatloaf. Oh, so good shit, Bob. Very iffy with the food, meatloaf. And for those who know me, I like 99% of the foods out there. I had a bad experience once with my grandmother making a hard-boiled egg in the Mm. middle of it. And I found it to be completely nasty, especially the day after. Well, Um, she didn't unshell it, right? (laughs) Do you remember that story right? The shell was still on it? Yeah, so A, you do remember the story right. And B, it wasn't wasn't unshelled. (laughs) Well, because there are cultures where they'll take the the hard-boiling egg and then like almost like a scotch egg yes they'll do it on purpose yes but, but you gotta peel it and that's the question right it's like oh wait that's i couldn't remember if if she had peeled it or not and you just didn't like it or if yeah this this was done on senile so yeah because she, uh-huh. she was losing her mind yeah so, yeah <laughs> that's, but, that's what happened as far as the goes, what's that is it living with you <laughs> That's right. As far as the singer goes, listen, my wife can't stand his songs. And yes, they're very uh, Celine Dion-esque. Um, but the, I mean, listen, the dude's got a voice. I don't yeah. necessarily turn his stuff his stuff off when it's on. Uh, not going out of my way to listen to it either. Um, I never knew his daughter actually was married to Scott Ian from Anthrax. So that's a fun factoid. So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah uh, I, I don't know. I, I think at one point I had one of the bad out of hell albums, like on a CD or something. Right. Um, you know, paradise by the dashboard lights is a cool song. Uh, he does. He's got, a, he's got a great set of pipes on him. Um, Duke's yeah. You're right there. That Celine Dion esqueness of him is kind of weird. Some of that stuff does kind of get weird and poppy, but whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> I can see, I can see being super passive about meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. Both the food and. The- <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk shit about fat guys. Now you ready? Nice. Do it. Number uh, number two for me, I think, is the direction we're going. Uh, municipal waste. Yeah, that's right. I didn't pick food. I picked a thrash band. Look, if you like fast food, you might as well be eating municipal waste. Lord knows I am, and I'm paying for it with my life. Nice. Thank you. Um, nice. <laughs> that's a lot like the blistering fast thrash metal demigods, municipal waste. That's right. Uh, Painfully self-aware, they are capable of embracing a brutal sound while acknowledging—excuse me—acknowledging how toxic it actually is um, and isn't. Uh, check out the Art of Partying. I fucking love that record. It's super cool. Uh, be sure to grab uh, some cheap beer, some greasy fast food. Uh, you'll thank me when it's done and over. Nice, nice, yeah. good call, good call. All right, so my final one is the band Cake. Uh, I'm a big cake, the food fan. Um, definitely needs though to have variants. Like it can't be all chocolate or vanilla. I need I need multiple flavors of my cake. Uh, with regards to the band, I've never gotten them, nor their mass appeal. I think they're absolutely silly, and they just don't do anything for me. I'm a little surprised by that, just really? because. They're they're such one of those like '90s iconic bands, a little maybe a little kookier than like a Sonic Youth, but like but in that kind of cool '90s realm. I I just would have thought you would have like dug it. I kind of like some of the what's that um, short skirt, yeah, long jackets. Like some of it's kind of fun. Um, 
but it's been a long time since I've tried to listen to a cake record, so I could be talking out my asshole. I yeah, I just I don't trust the fun. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, in case you haven't guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, check out this record's number one, number ten, however you're counting it. Um, food related band. Excuse me. Uh, there it is. Um, nice. None other than Green Jelly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a band as silly as the food itself, right, Frank? That's right. Uh, they brought us classics like Three Little Pigs, Serial oh. Killer, and Obey oh. the Cow God. Love um, it. Super fun band to see live. Uh, I think it's just the singer right now traveling around the country with paper mache heads, and he just gets a local band to learn his songs, and they put on this wacky show and the audience participates. It's like... It's like if Guar were safer on the outside. You know yes. what I mean? Like, like it's really fun. It's really interactive. It's a good time. You don't know any of the songs, but you know all of the songs. They're, they're a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. I remember getting the cassette single to the Three Little Pigs song. And yeah. Fangin and my, my father was hysterical. I let the girls listen to it. They thought it was a riot. Um, oh, that's so good. So good. Yeah. So good. Now I now I want to listen to the song. <laughs> oh, I totally I totally did while making my list. Nice. And I was like, I listened to that, that whole record, and I was like, oh, this dude's so ridiculous. Good so, for him. Good for him, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. So last week's inter- uh, episode, we interviewed the band, of course, High on Stress, and mm-hmm. the singer uh, suggested, we left off where he suggested an album for us to check out and review. And the album was by a band named Fig Dish. And it's their 1995 major label debut album. That's what mm. love songs often do. Okay, so quick history, because I didn't know anything about Fig Dish. Mark, I think it's safe to say you didn't know about them either, right? Not a thing. Not so, a thing at all. formed in Chicago, Illinois in 91. Their name was chosen due to the similarity in pronunciation to the vulgar German phrase, Fig Dish, which, Mark, what do you think that means? I mean, it, it sounds like it's a dick comment. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's actually the F word, right? So it's, oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I, learned that. I wrote that down. Yep, yep, yep. So the band, of course, had influences originating with the 80s college rock and indie bands, Dinosaur Jr. replacements, Cheap Trick. And in Chi-Town, we had a bit of a scene there. And in the 90s, we had Mark's favorite band, the Smashing Pumpkins. We had... <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. I know. I know. Break, Missy. I know. Mark wants to end it. End the episode <laughs> right now. <laughs> Verugasol and lo- and local age. Uh, that I brought Is local age from Chicago? They are from Chicago. And and okay. I have a follow-up, quick follow-up question that's not in the script, but do you like local age? No. I mean I kind of remember that one song, but Bound for the Floor or whatever. Yeah, and I like I like that as a turn of phrase. Yeah. Especially when you're an alcoholic like I am. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Did that nice. get you with that? Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, another I mean, band we explore in, in, into as well. Uh, I mean, if we got it, all right. Sorry. Maybe how about if someone? <laughs> su- how about someone if suge- how about if somebody suggests it to us? You don't know. I'm not. We can't make a Facebook page for your daughter and have her suggest it. That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> yeah. Mark knows me so well, guys. That, that that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> So the band broke up in 98, citing the label A&M as putting forth zero effort to provide the band exposure outside of their native Chicago. So the final straw, and I'm not making this up, is when it was said that an $80,000 soft porn music video was made for their song, When Shirts Get Tight, and it did feature porn stars. 
the band had to pick up the tab for the video that never received airplay on MTV. Oh, pretty crazy, right, Mark? And I listen. I saw the video on YouTube, and it was a good laugh. We have Janine, the the porn star, prior to Blink, and yes, I know her name. Uh, and so, um, man. So, initial thoughts, just just to the events here, Mark, because it's it's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, first of all, wow. Um, but I, I don't have any empathy for bands from the '90s that kind of got fucked on contracts. Like, hire a lawyer, dude. I don't have to fucking tell you. Um, plus, your name. Yeah, excuse me. Plus, you named your band "Fuck You" in German, so I can't imagine anyone uh, who wouldn't want to take advantage of them. Um, and go watch the video, folks. If if this classic, it, um, yeah, it's. I'm sorry, it's so ridiculous. Um, they deserve to have to pay for that video. They were they were having a great time the whole time. They clearly never said no to it. So I'm sorry, you guys. You guys need to pony up for this video because it sucks. Um, first thoughts uh, on that's what love songs often do. This is a boring '90s commercial rock record, and I'm going to hate it. Um, which is tricky because sometimes you know there there can be more hidden below that kind of below the surface, right, Frank? Absolutely. Um, you know. So the question is: Will Mark find the diamond in the rough? Will there be gold buried in them hills? Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, personnel-wise, um, we got Blake Smith on guitar and vocals. We've got Rick Ness. I looked, no relation to Mike Ness. Ah, I was going to say, is there vocal. a relation? <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, I just couldn't find anything. It was hard to find any additional information on these guys. Uh, Mike Wilson on bass and vocals. Uh, and then Andy Hamilton on the drums. All right, right. Yeah. So... On you know, on paper, this is something that would be right up my alley, right? Yeah, and, I would think so. Yeah, and and I've gone back and forth with this album, and I think, of course, Mark is always the best thing we could do is let's get right into a track by track review, shall we? Yeah, sure. All right. So first track, "Bury Me." Uh, I had a hard time with this song. Again, the ingredients are here: loud guitars, traditional song structure, a, a voice that isn't overly annoying to me so what is it exactly well for me it's the other important ingredient and that's melody uh the verse melody i wasn't into and i know that's not a black or white explanation so i do apologize and this is all subjective but i just didn't like it and it didn't settle well um inside inside the old brain so i had a hard time with this song what, what about you for bury me you know i kind of dug this intro uh and as an intro for the record um but rick ness constant rhyme scheme suggests uh, he's lazy or doesn't know how to write a song without rhyming every other line, um, which really kind of threw me off. Um, you know, we, and, and it's kind of weird because this kind of like nonsensical lyrics thing and over rhyming uh, is is part of what people consider to be their signature sound, uh, and they really dig. And I am not one of those people. Uh, plus, uh, when they take the chorus up a few octaves, uh, up excuse me, up a few octaves at the end. And they kind of like ah, and like intentionally crash the song. I don't. I don't really get it. Um, you know, I'm at this point. I'm, I'm. I'm checking out of the whole record, let alone the whole song. Just just based on the first track, it, it was really it left a bad taste upon my ears. Um, but the the record, yeah, we have a long way to go. I'm sorry to break that. Oh, we sure do. The record rolls on. Um, track two is Weak and Mean. Uh, this is the other guitarist, Blake Smith, singing on this one, uh, which is pleasant thing after uh, how the, excuse me, after how bland and boring Bury Me uh, just is to me. I, that song sucks if you didn't hear me just say it. Um, 
I dig the slow pace uh, and the tone of this number. It sets up his lyrics uh, to be taken a little more seriously uh, than the constant rhyming. Um, there are some guitar notes used to accent little parts, like, a, like it's a background part, and they're just off-key a little bit, and it fucks with me. Um, you know, kind of like, you know when you drink like a tart lemonade or you buy a lemon and you get like your whole jaw lights up? That's yes. what that note sounds like for me. Um, this is a somberly mediocre song. Mediocre. Yeah, yeah. I you know I like this song better than the first song. Uh, the little aggression in in Blake's voice, I I like. Uh, we do get some harmonies and a solo. Uh, to me, this is very '90s. However, you imagine rock to sound like in the '90s, you have it here. Um, all I could say thus far is I enjoyed it more than the first track. So uh, now we get into seeds. So I, I wouldn't say this song touches the edges of '90s emo like Sunny Day Real Estate and what they were doing, uh, but it, it kind of almost gets in that direction um it, if it wasn't close to five minutes i think it could have been a single uh and at least gotten some rotation on shows like 120 minutes which used to be hosted by you know matt pinfield um mm. but again you know it's close to five minutes so that's that's all i have to say and that's going to be a common theme go ahead mark <laughs> do you know what matt pinfield is doing right now uh all i know is he lives in san francisco and he has a radio show right i don't know i was just asking oh <laughs> if you knew what matt pinfield is doing right now he's got a really He's got, so if you YouTube Amoeba Records in Hollywood, because you'll mm-hmm. see the um, What's in My Bag, it's kind of a series that they do. His mm-hmm. episode is the most intriguing, and What's Inside His Bag is the most intriguing, because the guy eats, le- uh, lives, and breathes you know, it just, just music and knows so much. So uh, that's yeah. a cool episode to watch. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's, that's No, I mean, way to step on my joke. It's fine. Um, Seeds actually was a single. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I didn't even know yeah. that. Uh, sung by uh, Blake Smith there, I believe. Uh, it's hard to f- tell because the voices are similar between the two guys. Extremely similar. Um, so it was hard for me to tell who was singing on this one. And I'll be honest, I kind of gave up after this one. Of trying to um, spoiler alert. Uh, anyways, uh, definitely kind of poppy 90s rock number. Um, way too long um, for me. But the best on the album so far... Question mark? I, I like this. I like this better than the first two songs. I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, track four, Chutor. Yeah, we're we're so nineties and edgy. Uh, why the fuck wasn't this the intro? Uh, or excuse me, why the fuck was this intro to the song? It's it like it just fuck. Like, what are we doing? Um, it's a cool enough song, but you you, it, you can rock out for more than a minute before you just slow the whole thing down again. It gets a bit heavy, and then the lyrics have an air of, like, almost biting maturity. Like, this almost, I almost feel like they're saying something in this one. Um, But it never goes back to that really cool opener that that should have been this entire song. Um, What can I tell you? This track is uh, way too long. (laughs) Yeah, so so I I didn't care for this one. It's another four minute plus song that's tough with it being at such a, a steady pace. So if we're talking about albums in, in their context, right, then track four shouldn't be the snoozer, right, in my, in my opinion. The na-na-na-na-na's, that whole bit. Uh, yeah. it, it just feels like he, he couldn't figure out how to complete the lyrics, and this is, at the end of the day, what we got, right? Yeah, um, yeah wasn't, wasn't a fan. 
Uh, nimble, track five, nimble. So some more mid-90s indie emo clean guitar riffs going on here. I like how it picks up speed and gets aggressive on guitar. Uh, I like the dig your nails in and drag and how that leads into the riffy parts. Um, it's songs like this that gives you, I think, a lot of different types of rock from the slower melodic verses to what I explained earlier with the riffs. Um, I don't know. This one's not a bad tune here. I, I didn't mind this track. What about you? This track is aggressively all right. At best, um, that line, dig your nails, uh, yeah, dig your nails in and drag. It, it feels like the first half of a lyric to me. Like there's supposed to be more to that, but he couldn't think of anything, so he just repeated it three times uh, and called it a chorus. Um, I, I'm really bored with this record, and it's we're not even halfway through, Frank. Not even, not even. Um, Sorry to say. So that. like, yeah, like it's. I mean, so far the verdict is aggressively okay. <laughs> um, Track number six, Wrong Nothing. Boy, uh, if you want a little crunchy, fuzzy guitar into a wide open ooh part, uh, and then uh, repetitive generic lyrics, uh, this is your song. Um, it just does that a bunch of times, and, and eventually it ends. It's a it, it song. Uh, it just, <laughs> it's got like a cool riff, right? But like, <laughs> that is fucking this whole record like why is this thing so long go ahead Frank. <laughs> well this this is not ending because we're we're not even at track seven yet so I, <laughs> I i get i get some of their chicago buddies local age vibes here in the chorus uh, it's got some spacey moments and we get another uh, actually welcome solo i'll take this the solo but it suffers and that the pace is monotonous especially with the drum and the bass uh so you know my interest is lost it's lost it's lost at this current moment uh quite storm king number seven um i like it right off the bat and that the fact that the tempo is different some of the most upbeat that we've gotten thus far um there's not much other to say because i'm already exhausted at track seven uh other than i i i liked the track in contrast to the others what about you yeah this is a master class in stuffing too many parts that don't go anywhere into a single song nice. uh the chorus duet uh is nice but uh, it feels like it's from another song entirely. It just feels like a bunch of different parts of a bunch of songs shoved on top of each other. Those solos are terribly boring as well. Um, I just, I, I, these guitar solos just put me to sleep. I, I I've never been more bored with guitar solos. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> track number eight is called "Going On." Going on. Going on. This song is a formula, formulaic trash, and I want nothing to do with it. Uh, oh, I wrote that. Let me read that again. This yeah. song is formulaic trash, and I want nothing to do with it. Um, that said, it's probably the best guitar solo on the record, uh, and it's still not that great. There you go. There you go. Now, this song really opened my eyes as to what's wrong with the album, and it allows oh. replayability. It, it really does. Here we are. So in track it's eight. It's still on. It's still yeah. on. The first time. It's so long. Ugh, it track eight. And yet Sorry. another another four minute steady beat styled song you're gonna lose people that way now i get it it's a style and that's what bands do i get it but someone had to be listening to this along the way and say oh man maybe on this 50 minute track record we can emit two songs and trim it down just a little bit because if i'm already exhausted from it now how am i going to feel five tracks from now because that's what we have we have five tracks from now um, I, shave, I say you shave a minute and a half from all 13 songs Call it a day. There you go. That's it. That's it. Lemonator is next. And Lemonator? 
then later, clocking in at 4.03. So it's the fourth four-minute song, and my attention span is completely in distress right now. Uh, Listen, it's not a bad song by any means. I actually like the middle eight in the chorus, but I'm depleted, drained, bankrupt of all attentiveness. I'm I'm done. I'm done. You know, speaking of bankrupt of all attentiveness, the intro to this song feels like they're drinking coffee, and then that, that coffee kicks in during the first verse, and suddenly they're awakened into a bridge and a song, and it's, it's the whole thing's nice. That's it. Um, That's it. Figdish, it's okay to leave parts out of songs. You, it doesn't go anywhere. Stop shoving it in the song. This song is too long, and it fucking goes nowhere. That's why you have demos, right? That's why you have demos. <laughs> Blissfully moving on, uh, track 10, roll over, please. So I got to tell this to Frank and Bet all the time. Yes, always. Ooh. Always. Ooh. And I obey, just for the record. Yeah, what's what's with this intro? We're, we're 10 tracks in, and we're like, they're, they're gearing up. You know, I can hear amps switching on like we're starting the fucking record out. For, for fuck's sake, Fingdish, I'd rather not talk about it, but you're going to kill me with this fucking rhyme scheme. It, like, I... What is with you and needing to rhyme every fucking line to the next fucking line? <laughs> it just the song lacks any the song lacks any depth or complexity. Uh, this is the first song. Excuse me. This is a, a fast song for dudes who don't like fast songs. But um, if you just want, it lulls me to sleep. This record is so fucking boring, Frank. Yeah, so I mean, like, there is some variance where you get that chunky palm meeting part in the beginning. It's different. And here we go again with, you know, the upbeat drum beat. Um, I, I mean, the rest of the song's okay. I'm kind of neutral on it. I think we get to see that the band can do something else, but for some reason they choose not to. Not to do anything with it? Not to do anything with it, right? And here we go. Uh, track 11, it's your ceiling. It's not four minutes. Oh, it's three minutes and 44 seconds. I mean, I don't want to sound repetitive. Uh, but here we go. It's not another bad song. It's catchy, and you have nice playing guitars. But again, like you're you're losing the engagement. That's all I could say. Have I been too mean so far, Frank? Maybe a little bit, but I but I think I've been okay. pretty pretty. I uh, think one of the things I want to try to do, I want to try to find something nice to say about every record, even if I hate it. Yes, so, we have to. Yes, the best line on this album uh, comes from this song. It's got this slow, blissful bleeding. If that's what you want, oh, at my low, it's your ceiling. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, the song is a slog to get through. Um, The intro is way too long, surprisingly. And when it picks up, it's like a fart faster. It doesn't get any faster. Just to slow itself back down again for no fucking reason, but to include the drums. Um, yeah. If it weren't for the cool chorus, the song should have been left on the editing uh, room floor. This is terrible. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, you're oh. For- yep. Yes, that's you. <laughs> uh, resistance is futile. Um, fuck all six minutes of this song. Uh, not everything needs to be a long, mellow fucking intro. Uh, what's with this fucking line for line rhyme scheme? I mean, it's the entire fucking song. This is not a good song. It's not good songwriting. This is cheap and childish, and I'm so over this fucking record. 
Yeah, so you, you know what I'm going to say? It's five minutes and 57 seconds. And it sounds like the, yeah, and it sounds like the end of the album, and I would totally take that at this point. I would take the end sure. of the album to occur uh, because the mood and the song represents it. Uh, again, listen, I'm hearing some Sunny Day Real Estate, and that's actually funny because if one were to listen to this um, with the way I'm saying it, you, you would be like, oh, Sunny Day Real Estate is the elder here. But actually, they were formed in 92, and Fig Dish was a year earlier. So, in fact, they're contemporaries. Um, but at this point, I would take not only um, this to be the end of the album, but I would take a Sunny Day Real Estate record at any day of the week. So, uh, yeah, resistance is futile. It, it sure is. That's all I could say. Uh, 13 is is first history. Uh, I think we could have ended with the previous track, but I get the, here we go. This is the, the official closer. Uh, I could see where it came into play, especially with the musical outro for the last minute and a half. Uh, the song doesn't go anywhere for me personally, but it wraps up the album, and thank God it does. So go ahead, Mark. <laughs> thank fuck this boring record is over and and finally coming to a close i'm so excited uh you know what it needs it's, it, it needs another minute long intro uh to another song because just start the fucking song already like it's not that hard you go one two three four and you start the song frank um can't get away can't get away fast enough he knows how i feel listening to this record and how uh, and he knows I just want it to end, but he's dragging it out just to keep me here and to keep me miserable. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this song uh, is doing here. It, you just had the, as Frank mentioned, the six minute closer. And then this song literally just to, you know, like kind of turn the drum set on one more time. Like, I don't understand the point of this song. The The solos are oversaturated and sound like shit. If it weren't for that dog barking to finally signify that the album was over, I, I would have killed myself. And why? Why is this record a thing? This record sucks. Frank, your final thoughts? <laughs> why does this record even happen? <laughs> Listen, it was vastly, vastly okay. Uh, like, okay. And, and I hope Nick is able to influence them to get back because I know Nick was very passionate about it. So, so all, you know, all the power to you, my man. Uh, I, I listened to some of the next album, and it's also not bad. The album, it, listen, it fails to keep my attention, and that is largely due to the length of the songs. As Mark said, shave off a minute and a half uh, or even two minutes of some of these songs, and they all hover around the same length, and, and it just it, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Like any band, when you do this and there's, there isn't much variance, it doesn't create a, a very exciting experience for the listeners and that's what we're looking for at the end of the day um i do think some of the tunes are are well written but i think others i question the melody uh, i know you're going to say well who who am i and you're right who am i but that's that's what we're doing here right so you're um you're frank i am frank yeah so there you I'm go mark. that that's yeah and that's mark so that's who we are <laughs> so listen i'm not going out and getting this tomorrow if i'm getting a bunch of stuff from a record store and i see it on you know used for like 299 I would add it, you know, to the collection because hey, we reviewed it. Um, that's my thoughts, Mark. You know, I'll pull this out of your record collection and put it in the trash. There you go. There um, you, go. Uh, you know, this sounds like a record executive took some half decent musicians, a little bit of a songwriter, and tried to get them to do exactly what the company thought was right. It it's way too fucking long. Each song is bloated and vapid. Uh, each song has an excessive intro in case i haven't pointed that out to you enough uh so you know that you've moved on to the next track because the tracks just kind of bleed into each other because they're literally just one like 
41 miles an hour, 42 miles an hour, 43 miles, oh, 42 miles an hour. Like, they're all the exact same speed, and it makes yeah. me fucking insane. Um, you know, there are two or three cool uh, lyrics throughout, um, you know, the gluttony of bad rhyme schemes and, and ooh parts. There's there's a couple things, you know, the drums and bass are decent, you know, it's a, it's a decent enough rhythm section. Uh, I did have a lot of issues between the guitar solos and those accent notes that were clearly out of key and meant to be, it, it just left a bad taste in my ears. Um, you know, I didn't hear any of that kind of emo that you mentioned, right. uh, but that's more of your thing. You know, to me, it was kind of more of that generic, a little more local H, or at least what I can remember of local H, kind of 90s alt-rock sound, just without the balls to be grunge. You know what I mean? Like it, And it's weird because if you guys go watch that video, these guys don't have a problem being pigs. I don't know why they won't. They don't have a problem getting loud. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, like, so, you know, hey, Nick, thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And we love recommendations, too. So Please. Yes. Nick's yeah. a great guy. Go listen to his record. Um, that's, that's my recommendation. Check out that record. It's, um, it's better than this one. Yeah. So check it. Hold me in by high on stress. I'll begin that on vinyl soon. I'm totally amped for that. So thank you nice. for, for, for making that happen. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, all right. So next episode, Mark, are you ready for this? Here we go. Absolutely. Hit me. Here we go. So I am selling Mark on this band. I know you were a fan in high school, uh, but I think most just associate them with the hits and there's a lot of goodies to uncover. And I'm talking about those brothers who are currently not even on speaking terms with each other. Noel and Liam Gallagher from the band that they were in Oasis. I have tasked myself to put together a 12 song playlist on Spotify of the tracks that I love. And I will share with Mark for use in the review and where we're going to be acting like as if these 12 tracks were on a collective album. Mark is to hold me accountable for not only track selection for the album, but the flow. And mm-hmm. Mark, are you amped ready and game for this? First of all, I was in middle school when the album with champagne supernova came out on it. Was it just called champagne supernova? Yeah. Was it in that record? Yeah, no, that was on. Uh, that was on. Um, uh, what's the story? Morning Glory. That's the name of the record. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so it was, I was in middle school when I liked that. Just as a, disclo- a disclaimer, um, <laughs> I don't think they're a band that's going to mean fuck all uh, outside of those hits. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you bring up, um, and I like that you set the challenge to see if I can hurt your feelings. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, look at yes, I love it. I love it. I'm up for the challenge. Uh, Motorhead, because you don't have to sell anyone on how cool Motorhead is. Motorhead's just that cool. That is true. We wouldn't have to do an episode on that, right? <laughs> so, so, so I'm up. If there are preconceived notions, which I don't know, I'm up to, to possibly altering them. Uh, I, I know Mark will, uh, and my request is that there's a clean slate looking at these songs that, uh, that I selected and to take an earnest look and to see if you really think they are well-written songs. If you don't, hey, listen, that's cool. I'm a big boy with a developed cortex and I could take, I could take the critiques, but I'm amped really to, to do this. And I think me and Mark are going to have a lot of fun with it. So really excited about that. And, uh, you know, and fo- folks, and until next time, be sure to leave a review, like comment, suggest an album to us, uh, for us to review. And I say this, as I always say, be safe, everyone. I can't believe you told them about my underdeveloped cortex. Sorry. Man. I'm so embarrassed now. Sorry. Bye-bye.